Break the Ice podcast is presented by Superfood. Superfood Performance Nutrition has made a name for itself by feeding athletic organizations like the Washington Capitals both on and off the ice. If you have a high-performance team that needs fueling, check out mysuperfd.com for more information. Everyone, welcome back to another edition of Break the Ice, coming to you live from Worldwide Break the Ice headquarters here in Arlington, Virginia. Joined uh, today by Cap Center Nick Dowden, as always by producer extraordinaire Zach Garrett. And um, Dowder, uh, three three games back from from IR. How, how are you feeling? I am dying today. But I, uh, <clears throat> we had a. I mean, the back to back was tough, and I thought we, you know. Played pretty well, and then last night, I mean, that's a good team. And then we had a, uh, an up and down practice today, so yeah, it was, uh, I guess, um, a little bit different of a return than you usually get when you're coming off the IR. Uh, just the schedule was a little squirrely. Like we, <laughs> we, I think we kind of uh, we we didn't have a date. You know, we weren't we didn't have a date picked out in the schedule, right? Because it was the injury was one of those things that kind of yeah you know came and then went and then came and went. You kind of we weren't really sure where we where we stood on it until finally, you know, we had some days in a row that I started feeling well. And, and then we had some good, you know, we had like, I think I, before the Jersey game, I think I had three skates and they were all with like one or two other guys <clears throat> working uh, some skills and stuff like nothing too crazy. And, and then I just thought, well, if we're going to do it, we might as well just get back into it. So, um, so that's kind of how we we made the decision because it was either with the schedule it was either wait till after the back to back and play against Vegas and that's our target, mm. or you know let's just jump right into it and, and start with you know start with Jersey. So it was uh, let's just yeah. So I'm glad we did that though. Yeah, jumping back in for back to backs is tough, but jumping back in for Vegas also yeah would have been a handful. Yeah, I kind of looked at that. Yeah, and it would have been challenging just with the. The Jersey Islanders, uh, I mean, they're all good teams, right? So, Well, we're going to go back um, a little bit further than that into your, your career, but I want to ask you something first. Mason Lore, know that name at all? Uh, yeah, the kid? guy in Boston, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First first player from Louisiana, the state right? of Louisiana yeah. to score a goal in the NHL. Yep, yep. And, and I, I only ask because you're the second guy born in Alabama to score a goal in the NHL. And to me, I, I feel like you should be – Given some extra credit, maybe being the kind of first with an asterisk because because yeah. the guy, do you know the guy's name? I don't know. Was it back in like the fifties, early forties? Forties, yeah. Okay, yeah. And I think it may have been. Honestly, I think it, that there were some guys who were playing in the league then who might not have been playing in the league. Otherwise, there was a war going on. And to this guy's credit, he played a couple of years for the Blackhawks, but then he went. And, and did his military service yep. as well. But so the guy was born in a town called Enterprise, Alabama. Oh, yeah, I've been to Enterprise. Mm. Yeah. Not a town, really. It's an enterprise. Enterprise. Yeah. Car rentals Co- collection, and stuff. Collection, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a collection of places. Okay. Yeah. Well, he was born there, but he was, I, I don't know what the circumstances were. He, he's actually from <laughs> Saskatchewan. Really? His parents were vacationing or got lost. Military I don't know. Or something. I don't know yeah, what it was. Could have, could have been any number of things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so he was the first and then 70 some years later you were the second. So, yeah. um just just I mean, you and I've had some of these conversations mm-hmm. before, but um growing up in Alabama, how 
how did you come to hockey? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, it's a, it's not a, not a super complicated story. But my, both my parents are from England. Um, you know, my dad grew up playing different sports: cricket, rugby, soccer, football over there. Um, and uh, and you know, my mom was a nurse, and you know, um, you know, didn't play a lot of sports growing up. So when they moved to Alabama in the 70s, uh, I had two kids, Matt and Josh, Matt being the eldest. They're 10 and 12 years older than me, so they were born in, you know, 80 and 78. And uh, I honestly think my parents got into um, the Hockey Association as a way of, you know, meeting people. And uh, I think they enjoyed being around the families and made some friends. And I think the boys, Matt and Josh, both enjoyed playing hockey. And um, that was just in the Huntsville Amateur Hockey Association. It's called Ha Ha. And, uh, you know, you just travel around and you play, at, you know, the likes of Atlanta, Nashville, Memphis, Knoxville. Um, there's uh, maybe Birmingham. They came in later. But anyways, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, they had a travel team and a non-travel team for most of the age groups. And uh, I just grew up like anybody else, right, just on the heels of my brother's. And um, playing a lot of mini stick hockey, and I, you know, skating in the same rink they skated in, and playing uh, in, in for the Chargers, which was the the name of the amateur, the the hockey association there, and and that's that's what I did. So I mean, it's not a, you know, everyone always thinks there's got to be something. How do you do it from Alabama? But honestly, just the same as most kids in their in their home cities, you know. So sure, sure, with but, older siblings. But but you at some point had to to leave Alabama to get to a, a higher level of. of- <laughs> Yeah, opposition and yeah, yeah, Culver Academy. Yeah, yeah. So that's a, that's an interesting story too. So like, I mean, I had no clue what boarding schools were. Uh, I went to my freshman year of high school in Huntsville, Huntsville High, and um, the AAA program TPH, which is now like a national program, you know, is is was the first year ever created of. Uh, you know, via Huntsville, Nashville, Atlanta, but Huntsville is kind of the hub. And uh, we were the first team, the 90 born was like the first piece of the organization. And they had some 91s and 92s and maybe an 89 team, but we were the primary team at that point. And uh, it was just made of a collection of kids all from the Southeast that, hey, if you can make it to practice and make it to the games on the weekends, then they'll probably have you if you're a good enough player. Um, I was very middle of the pack, you know, when it came to that. It was also five you know, five, three, a hundred, hundred pounds. Right. So, you know, I hadn't grown into myself at all. Um, and we had, uh, a kid on the team, uh, by the name of Bryce Jeffrey on, uh, who oh, had, yeah. yep. Who had older brothers, uh, Sebastian, who was one of my good buddies. And so was Bryce, um, Sebastian. Yeah. Grandfather. Had, yeah, too. yeah. Yeah. Boom, boom. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, invented the slap shot. So that's a big deal. Um, but, uh, Blake, uh, yeah, Blake went to Culver, uh, from Nashville. And so they kind of had a connection. The Jeff Brown family did. They brought in, um, one of the coaches, uh, down to watch his practice, which now is like hilarious. Right. Cause like, it, it's not like he's like scouting, you know, he probably did it as a favor. And, uh, and then he gave us a presentation, um, you know, and, and, uh, and, and then, uh, after that, five of us went from that program to Culver, wow. um, and uh and it was really only because we like you know we went to visit it we had no i had no other clue what was going on my dad and mom loved it because uh the education was you know really good and i think the coolest part about it is that it allowed you to you know the the seasons were hard cuts of sports so it allowed you to play you could play up to three sports in a year which was unheard of in high school for a lot of kids right like you were 
You Even to, at young ages, kids you are now, pick. yeah, you got to pick. So I went there thinking, oh, this is great, you know, and I, I'll never forget Al Clark. Uh, Al is still a good friend of mine. He was the coach there and uh, uh, a math uh, teacher and, you know, and the athletic director. He did a lot there for a long time, maybe 40 years plus. And Al was the head coach of the prep team, which is they had three teams at the time. You know, goal was to make the top team, which I probably wasn't going to make at five foot three. Um and he, uh, he he came in to sit down, and the first thing he asked is, "When are you going to grow?" And I remember my mom was like, "Al, we need to talk." And uh, you know, my mom's a pretty uh, invested woman in her children, so I'll never forget that. And then, uh, yeah, it kind of just played out from there. I went to Culver, I made the JV team, which was uh, the third team at the time, and then my junior year, I made the varsity B team, and then my senior year, I made finally made the prep team, and then kind of halfway through the season, I started. You know, I, I took off, and 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 that's kind of yeah. So. At what point was was being a pro or or trying to be a pro or playing college hockey? Yeah. How did how did that evolution come, and 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 how did that lead you to the NAHL and the right. USHL? Yeah, I mean, looking back, it, it was a a very windy road. Um, that as I think that I think the only one of the I think the benefit that I have being the, of being a young kid was being naive to the process because when you look at it now, you're like, man, that was almost insurmountable if someone told you ahead of time what you would have to yeah. do. You know, I mean, and, and you know, how much, <clears throat> you know, how many times you'd have to, you know, um, start over or, you know, take a step back. And I know that, you know, a lot of people in life have that, uh, it, you know, it's not, I mean, very rarely do you, you just jump level, 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 and then you get to where you want to be, right? But for a kid, I mean that you know you, you have to uh, you have to endure a lot of failure, and um, to get to the NHL, especially you know not being a first rounder or a blue chip uh, college uh, recruit. But um, I think my my senior year at Culver, like I said, I I, I got I'll <laughs> I'll never forget. I came I came into the locker room. And I had been on the third, fourth line my prep year for most of the year, but I was excited to be on the team, so no big deal. Um, and I came in, and my name was – and the top three guys had been playing together for, like, two years. And, uh, you know, everyone kind of knew these were the guys, right? And uh, I came in, and my uh, – I had moved up to that first line center, and then the guy, you know, whoever it was, they – you know, and I, I looked at the board, and I, I thought, wow, that's weird. And I remember I went over to the guy and I was like, "Hey, man, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, I, I didn't have anything. To, you know, like I had nothing to do with this. Like I don't know what's going on. You know, like that was my first thing. I was like upset at myself, you know, because I thought, you know, that and and so uh, and and then from there, I I just stuck with those two guys, um, and they were two really elite players, and I kind of just took off from there. And Al, you know, Al came up to me. He said, "Hey, he goes, you know, I really like the way you play. He goes, just get these to the puck." And, and so that's what I did. And, um, after my, uh, after my, um, not to get too long here, but my, my senior year, I got drafted in the very last round of the USHL by Des Moines. Um, and I was pumped, you know, again, like I didn't know that the 18th round of the USHL draft was like a joke, right? Like, I mean, (laughs) not to the kids out there that are going to be drafted that late. It's not a joke, but at the time, you know, like I didn't know, I was just excited. Like, Oh my God, I got drafted. This is great. 
And, uh, I went to camp, you know, again, like spring in my step, not realizing what I was going up against. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you go into the USHL, a, like a lot of the guys are already chosen that are coming back right from the team. There are a lot of them already committed to colleges. Um, it's challenging to get your foot in there. A kid from Alabama to Culver, you know, again, like I was five, I was now six one, but like 160 pounds soaking wet, still hadn't really grown into myself. Uh, hadn't worked out um you know it's just you know spent my summers at home with my family you know nothing nothing that I didn't realize other kids weren't doing and uh yeah I went to I went to Des Moines and I got cut I had I thought I had what was like a really really good camp and I think there was some things going on that unbeknown to me like I probably just didn't have a chance of making that team but I made the team for a little bit I got cut in the preseason and it you know, destroyed me. Right. I mean, I, I thought my life was over. I thought hockey, I almost quit hockey. I thought, you know, I, I, I mean, I, and I got, I got sent down to the North American league by St. Louis to a team, St. Louis bandits who I was drafted by there. And, uh, I kind of, unfortunately, you know, had a bad attitude, thought I, you know, deserved better, thought that I should be in the USHL and uh, played a lot of poor me. And, um, I was really, really lucky. I was lucky that, I, I mean, hockey is such a small world. It is crazy. I, I, I was, uh, traded for to the Wenatchee wild by Paul Baxter and Ryan McKelvey and, and like Macker, I'm pretty sure had seen me at camp and Paul had seen me too, unbeknown to me. And then, you know, had realized I was struggling and then the Wenatchee was an expansion team uh, needed players and uh, Paul traded for me out of the blue. I, I got a call, um, you know, saying, Hey Nick, you know, this is uh, your head coach here at St. Louis. I've traded you, you know, good luck with everything. I just want to give you an opportunity. And I was like, you know, like this, like what's going on here? Like, you know, again, like how could this be happening to me? Blah, 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 blah. But I was fortunate. I went up to Wenatchee and um, had a great year and I was surrounded by, unbelievable people my billet family is my head coaches my assistant coaches um and I you know I I had a great year and then I halfway through that year uh um I committed to St. Cloud and uh kind of from then on it was uh you know I'd been drafted by LA the year before and um if I get that right I think and uh I think they drafted you. Yeah, after that's right. After yeah. the Wenatchee. Yeah, season. and like I don't want to get too long here, but like the the there's so many little mini stories in there of like how this guy found me to draft this guy and how the St. Cloud people found me and when they showed up. I mean, it's just it's crazy. But I mean, mo- I I feel like there there's a lot of you know f- good fortune that that everybody needs to it, to get where yeah yeah get where you are yeah agreed. Um, what what was it like to to when you found out, I mean, you, you mentioned Des Moines, 18th round. That's great. I mean, last round of the NHL draft <laughs> yeah, too, yeah, but yeah. Um, there was a time when that was the 12th round or the, yeah. you know, even later than that. But when yeah. you got drafted, it was, it was the seventh round. But right. I mean, at that point you got, you got to be a little pumped with pride and you look at the Kings. They had an amazing draft that year too. They, I think they had like 14 picks or something. And, yeah. and, and all but two of them made it to the NHL, yeah. and, and most of them played 100-plus games right. in the league. Yeah. Um, and they were in the process of assembling what became a couple of Stanley Cup teams. Doughty was drafted the year before you to yeah. Foley the year after. They, they were building that up. So while you were going through St. Cloud, 
were you going back? Were you doing summer camps with them or any of those kind of things? What yeah. what was that experience like watching the organization that drafted you from afar while while also, you know, building your own career there at at St. Cloud? Yeah, um that that was uh you know, reflecting on it, that was a little bit interesting because I think um you know, being drafted by them was very, very exciting. And again, like I, you know, seventh round, first round, like I, di- I didn't understand it, right? I mean, I didn't even watch the draft. I didn't even know I was drafted until I got a, um, until I got a. My buddy, I was in the back of the car. We were coming back from Walmart. We were summer teachers at Saint Cl- at Culver, and we had just gone to get AC units because it was hot as hell in the dorms there. And we were teaching ice hockey, so we just all kind of came back for like a job just to kick it and hang out with each other and then work at Culver for the year after we graduated and or two years after and my buddy is sitting in the passenger seat or the driver's seat Chris and we're driving and he turns back to me he's like he's like whoa he's like Nick you just got drafted in the NHL I was like by who and he's like oh by LA and I was like what and this is like before Twitter and Instagram and you know a phone that had internet and so we get back sure enough pulled up my computer there i am bang i'm like wow like 200 and something overall i'm like wow crazy then i get a phone call from gasparini who was a scout there who i had met with in the north american league like once on like a passing by and you know hey nick um you know we're very excited which like i'm like oh, this is great you know and it's like you know this is probably the 15th call he's made today right <laughs> and uh and he was a very nice guy and again a guy that believed in me right like came to watch me in the north american league tony gasparini and talked to me for like 30 seconds and i was like kind of we had just lost i remember this i was super pissed and i was like yeah like you know like this like he's like this isn't gonna t- it wasn't gonna turn in anything right like he's a scout in the nhl no, whatever yeah and and that's that's how that happened there's a story behind how he got up to one right like it's just like it and so uh um but watching them like i went to five of those camps and it was, like, kind of a joke at the end because I was, like, if, I mean, my fifth one is, like, unheard of because most of the time you either make it to the American yeah. League or the NHL, you stop going. I remember when they finally called and said, hey, you don't have to come back. I was, like, yes, you know, <laughs> and uh, I've been, like, six one. So, um, but watching them build that organization from the outside was interesting because I, I didn't feel like I was necessarily a part of it because I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt so far away at the time you know, for me, uh, because I, and I was, but I was totally, uh, I was totally in on St. Cloud, you know, and I mean, I, I probably had an opportunity to leave after my junior year and I turned that down to go back and be a captain and play my senior year, which is really important to me. Could I have done it? Yeah. Where would I be? I don't know. But, you know, I mean, I'm happy where I am now and I'm happy that I played my, my year at St. Cloud. So. Yeah. And, and let's, let's talk about your, your time at St. Cloud. You were uh, all academic as a sophomore and as a junior, you were the best defensive forward voted by the coaches, I guess, at some point, first all-star as a senior scholar athlete of the year, first team All-American and a Hobie Baker finalist as a senior. So obviously you knew you knew what you were doing, (laughs) sticking around for, for that extra year. But I, I think I remember you telling me once too that you were a couple of classes sh- short of graduation. Did you? Yeah, I'm graduating in December. Awesome. Took That's me 13 great. years. So get my degree next month. Yeah, next month we'll have Fantastic, a grad party. Man. Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks. Um, what was your degree in again? Was it like bio- Bi- biology? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I tried biomedicine, and then I basically the professors told me that I'd have to miss miss practice to go to organic chemistry, and I was. <laughs> 
ain't doing that. So here I am. <laughs> so do you, do you anticipate ever doing uh, anything with with that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I went to school because I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian. You know, that was what I initially went to biomed for, thinking that. did that too. Um, and uh, shadowed a veterinarian and realized that I do not want to be a veterinarian. And uh, but uh, you know, thinking the biomed degree, my dad was a doctor, mom was yeah. a nurse. You know, I enjoy all that stuff. Um, you know, I'm not really sure what field, but I do know that, you know, if I'm lucky enough to play hockey for as long as I'd like to, I don't think I'll be going back to med school and starting a practice at like 48 years old. So how, how much do you think that that medical background in your family has sort of helped you going through your career and just dealing with your, you know, what's going on in your own body? Yeah. And, and, you know, like you've alluded to a couple of times, trying to put on some weight and, and trying to grow and, and do yeah. the right things. For yeah, yourself. I mean, I, I think I think the probably the biggest thing my dad and my mom pass along to me is just like questioning everything, which sometimes isn't great. Like I'm sure the guys <laughs> in the training room aren't aren't you know aren't pleased about every question sometimes, right? It's like hey, just like have a little trust here. But I, I think like you know when it, I was told this early in my career by another player in LA, like the only person that's going to care about your career yeah. is you. You know, and, and so they're, and that, that's it. Like no one's going to care more about it than you. Even if you have someone that wants you to be really successful, it comes down to you. So that, I mean, that's everything, right? That's how you practice, you know, how you, how you, you know, essentially how far do you want to make it, right? Like that's kind of on you, especially if you have the skill sets, right? And, um, but I, I think like the fact that my dad and my mom were in that profession, um, a, I was kind of like, you know, I've, I spent a lot of time at my dad's office growing up because he was working and mom was working. So I got dropped off. I had to stay there after school, watch movies, eat lunch, hang out, walk around the practice, sleep underneath the desk where my mom worked, everything. Um, so I was, you know, I mean, I think I know more about like my mom having to like battle with the insurance companies than most kids at 12 years old knew trying to collect like, uh, you know, um, money and stuff. So, uh, but I think it's just important to, you know, question, you know, like your care and then question, you know, on a day question yourself, am I doing this properly? Am I, you know, and then you can make sure you watch other people, um, you know, and see what other people are doing. Cause you can learn a lot from guys that are older than you that have been through it. I mean, there's not a lot of things in the NHL that guys haven't been through. So, um, and it's good to ask questions of those guys too. So I think, uh, you know, the medical part of it maybe, but I think it's more so just, you know, questioning, like, is this correct? Is, am I doing this right? Is this what's best for me? So, when when you graduated or when when you finished your your collegiate hockey career, you started your pro career at, at the end of that season and a handful of games in in Manchester um, in the Kings organization. What was that that transition like? Now now being a pro, having your own time and all that kind of stuff, and then in your first full season as a pro, you you play for Calder Cup champion team. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was exciting, man. That was good. Again, like. I remember the NHL being naive about it from the aspect of like, okay, like, you know, play college, check, you know, had, had a successful career. Okay. Now it's time to go to the American league, um, you know, and, 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 and play well there. And then, oh, and then, you know, I'll, I'll make it to the NHL. No problem. Right. Like that's just how life goes, but mm -hmm. that's just not how it works a lot of times. Um, but it, again, like I think being naive about that process helped me in a way like big time because it's like, Hey, like, you're going to get there, but you need, this is important and you need to be really good at this and then you'll get there. Right. It was never like, Oh man, if I'm like, I may not make it even if I'm as good as I can get. It's, it was always just like, 
be really good in the American League and you'll get there, right? Like that's just how it has to work. That's how life works. That doesn't happen all the time, but yeah. the good thing about it is is that in hockey there's a lot of well, you trust that there is people that are good at their jobs that understand the game and can see uh, not only, you know, um, statistics, but can also see the ins and outs of a game and how a player can can help you. And, and I think um, I trusted in that probably naively, right, because there was probably people ahead of me, people behind me, but it just was like, all right, just keep playing well, keep playing well. Oh, I had a good game. Good. Happy about it. Next game, you know, and um, – but that transition I thought was pretty good. I was also really lucky that when I came in to my first full year, they had hired Mike Stuthers as a head coach, uh, and we had an absolutely stacked team. I mean, I, I, I was a third-line center for the majority of the year behind two really good players that both played in the NHL. Um, and uh, we had just an elite team, right, which helped everybody including myself, right? You play on good teams, it helps everybody. And we had a great coach. Stutzy was awesome, and he believed in me. Um, and then, you know, kind of I got a call up, and, and uh, well, I didn't get a call up that year. And then the next year I played in Ontario. We moved to California, and I got Stutzy again. And then by that time the two guys that were ahead of me had moved on. So I was an opportunity to play up the roster. And, um, you know, again, just like, oh, yeah, this is how it works, right? Like, you know, you start here, and then you get here, and then you get to go here. And, um I was a little naive about it, but I think it benefited me. And like you said, you got you did get a call up at the end of that yeah. second pro season. Yeah. You made your debut in Minnesota. Yeah. What goes through your head at that point? And that's game number one. Yeah. Last night was game four forty one. So so think about just what, yeah. the evolution of of Nick Dowd's yeah. mindset from from game one to game four forty one. Yeah, I think uh, game one was. You you made it up here. You deserve. You know, like I did. I felt like I deserved to to finally get up there. And um, I thought the stars had aligned where I was playing in Minnesota for my first game. Right. I mean, that was my yeah. last game of my college career was there, and my first game of my NHL career was there. Um, story behind that was I, I was supposed to get called up two days before. I'm on my way down to L.A. They call me. No, we don't need you. You got to go home. So I was devastated. Called my mom, my dad, my wife. They all knew. And then I had to turn back 70 miles into an 80-mile drive, uh, you know, and uh, go back. Then I got called, um, you know, Devis played two games in the American League, um, and it was Sunday. I got another call. Okay, hey, let's try this again. You're going to meet the team tomorrow in Minnesota. I'm like, in Minnesota? Yeah, I'm like, unreal. So my wife, my wife's from there. We summer there. We own a home there now. Yeah. At the time, we didn't, but St. Cloud's in Minnesota. So, I mean, I had really felt like this is it. And then, uh, I, I, you know what, to be honest, I, I played I played really loose. I felt like um, like I can do this. Like, I can play on this team. I can play in this league. And uh, I had been playing, luckily, at a really high level in the American League by that time and got pretty seasoned down there against some <laughs> – pretty rugged players um and then and and we had great teams and I had great coaches and I was surrounded by very good players so I I I was able to step in there and I think my first game I I, you know I I felt that I played really really well and then I I built on it from there um and you know but all the way to game 441 um it's consistency now that's the that's the name of the game um obviously like my age you're older but uh my game has changed a ton um from game one to game 441. I mean, a ton. I, I mean, you know, it, that's how it works, though. Coming to the NHL, 
you know, if you want to be on the top two lines and you're a center, well, there's two spots. Like, you, you know, you look at every team, those two players are probably the best players on the team. That's generally how it works, right? They're right there, you, you're yeah. In the centerman. I mean, you never, you know, usually, the, I mean, you could be a winger, you know, you know, and, and leave the D out of it. But, I mean, your your 1C is probably a pretty elite player. Um, your 2C is probably a pretty elite player. Your 3C is probably a pretty elite player. Uh, so, um, it took me a long, it took me almost two years, really, until I got to Washington to understand that, that, like, if I want to stay in the NHL and at least get my foot in the door and stay, like I'm going to have to change. And, uh, and it took me a long time to, in my mind, a long time to figure that out. Two years. Uh, again, I was lucky that, um, you know, I, I got traded in Vancouver and I obviously played well enough as a shutdown centerman there that Washington and Jay Beagle moved on, just won the cup. They needed a righty centerman. Blah blah blah. The timing of it goes on. So, um, but it was uh, it, it, my mindset has changed a lot. I mean, I used to be. I mean, I was a power play guy, a half wall guy, a point guy, whatever you want to call it, uh, in every league all the way up until the NHL. And then I tried to do it in the NHL, and there's guys that are just better at you than it. And you know, if you don't accept that, it, I mean, you see it all the time. You look at guys in the summer. You look at guys you're like, how does this guy not transfer? Like, how does this not work? And um, there's only so many spots, man. I mean, that's life. But uh, you know, it's 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 been a good career. It's treated me really well. But I definitely had to change. Well, I think the one of the remarkable things looking at your career, and I've seen I've seen you know a lot of guys go through what you're talking about. And typically, you know, there there's a stretch of games in the NHL, and then back to the AHL, and there's a lot of yo-yoing mm-hmm. before a lot of guys. And some guys never mm-hmm. look. Some guys never get the one game. Some yeah, guys know, only yeah. get the one right, game. Right. So I mean. Being able to stack them up is not, I yeah. mean, it's easy to say it, but yeah. man, it's hard to do. It is, yeah. But you never, I mean, once you came up, you stayed up. Yeah. Like, and, and even that, the year that you were traded, you weren't playing much. Yeah. But you you didn't get sent down. Yeah. And, and you, you did get traded. There was a team out there that actively wanted you. Yeah. What was that, that period of time like, though, just being on the bubble and, and, and feeling, feeling that sense of, oh, man, I... I got a I've got a little toehold here. I I got to kind of yeah. hold on to this if I want to stay in this league and, yeah. and have a career. Yeah, I mean, I I think it didn't I didn't understand it for the first couple of years. Like I just assumed like I you know I should be here like I belonged here right like a little bit of a of of not the right thought process. Um, and yes and no, I would say. Yeah, yeah, but I think that also helped me because yeah. I thought I should be here right like that like I belonged here and and. Um, like I said, it, until I got to Washington, uh, that's when I really felt that I, I figured it out. Like, look, there there's just, and this isn't life in general, but in hockey, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's just out of a player's control. You know, I mean, you could have your best game ever, and all of a sudden the next game you're scratched, and you're like, what the, you know, like how does that even work? And it, trying to figure that stuff out, I mean, even it, it may go all the way up to the top. Like, they just, I don't know, we just got to get this other guy in for the game. And, you know, this is the guy that has to come out is this guy, uh, you know. And, um, you know, and, until I kind of figured that out, like, like if you're a bubble guy or if you're a, a bubble guy within the team, you know, and they don't, I mean, you look around and there's not, there's just not a lot of people that you can kind of move in and out on a team right I mean that's just the way it works right like there's guys that have to play every game and they either guys that have to play because they're your best players or maybe they have to play because they're 
paid a ton and they need to play, uh, you know, and or maybe there's injuries and this, you know, I mean, there's a ton of things, but there sometimes it's just, you know, I finally realized like, man, it, it like, like it sometimes it just doesn't matter. There's just uh, regardless of what you do, this was already going to be the road that you were going down. But the important thing is, is that what I, what I, what I really figured out was that, you know, if I was scratched, uh, wasn't playing and it was on me, it was my fault. And I, and I had a bad game, then yeah, totally understand that. Um, you know, and you have to be able to work back from that and have a short memory. But the opposite was, was that if you went out there and you played every single shift as well as you could, and you had a good shift and a good shift and a good shift, and maybe you only got five shifts, 10 shifts, whatever it was that game, and you still got scratched, it was like, well, I mean, I did everything I could, you know, like this is, you know, like, what am I supposed to do? And the good thing about that, that, that I understood was that if you start stacking those up and you put shifts and games together, not only do you eventually become a guy where it's like, well, I can't take him out, you know, like, we, like he's just been playing well, but also like you, your peers and other people around the league start noticing that too. And then when you hear that from your peers or from other people, like, man, what the hell? Like, why are you scratched? Like what, or why, why aren't you in? Or why aren't you playing more? Why aren't, why don't they do this or do that? Then that kind of, you know, um, ratifies the fact that like, okay, I'm doing something right here. I just have to continue to do it. Maybe this is just not my time and not my space to be in here. But I mean, that's really how I feel like I've how my career with the caps has been is that early, I just felt that I really had to stick with the process of having a good shift every shift, not worrying about the bad stuff, and then having a good game. And then if I'm out, I'm out. You know, be a good teammate, work hard, get back in, have another one. And then eventually you get to a point where it's like, well, yeah, this guy's in, right? Like he, he has to be in, right? And then, you know, game 441, you try and stay consistent. And, uh, I mean, that, that I think is something that a lot of kids, you know, don't understand is like – if you continue to play well and like there's smart people around the league, you know, general managers, you know, you, you're not, you're not necessarily always playing for the team like that night, right? Like there's people watching you in a year that may come to you and say, Hey, we want to trade for this guy yeah. because we love him. Yep. You know, I've watched him and he's, he deserves more, you know, but uh, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. That's challenging, but you can't, it's really hard to not let the minutes that you're not playing affect the ones that you do play. You know, that's really hard. Yeah. You've told me that before. That's, yeah. that's what, that's wise stuff. So, and, and yeah, I think, I think young players don't always realize that pretty much every team in the league has a dossier on pretty much every player in, yeah. in pro hockey or yeah. even, even lower than that. The, yeah. You know, they've scouted. I mean, that's people's jobs. Every team has scouted you, yeah. you know, when you were 18 and they kind of keep, keep tabs on mm-hmm. you as, as you age through yeah. the league and stuff. So, um, what was it like coming to a team that had just won the Stanley Cup and and kind of you know integrating yourself in, into that that situation? Yeah, that was that was uh, that was that was uh, that was good and bad. Um, it, not bad, but that was good and challenging. Um, I think walking into such a tight locker room was good because guys were very accepting also hard to kind of find your place because I was yeah. like the one of the only new guy I think the only new guy in the entire organization um also uh it was good because again playing on a good team is good for everybody um you know and so especially a depth player like myself you know you want to be on a good team uh because you want to be given more responsibility because the team's winning or the team has leads or the team you know uh etc so um 
Plus, it was good. I mean, the organization was excited. Uh, obviously, they, they had just won the Stanley Cup, and then the fans were, you know, unbelievable that year uh, and have been for the most of my career. So um, all in all, it was it was great. But uh, I wish I had obviously been a part of it, but it was just nice to um, – I mean, the, the, the locker room that we had then uh, has changed personnel-wise, but I would still say that it's probably one of the best group of individuals um, that I've ever been around uh, – in hockey so and you mentioned the locker room you're the guy who sits next to Alex Ovechkin what's what's that because I feel like you've had that stall the whole time yeah since yeah. you've been here yeah I have yeah I mean years from now somebody will ask you that what, <laughs> what's what's that like I mean yeah. I know a lot of times he's the first guy off the yeah. ice you're you're the last guy yeah. so you're kind of just yeah we don't we don't get undressed next to I each mean, other I, I think, think I, I sit yeah. next to you there more than yeah than he does. Oh, yeah yeah but, yeah, I mean, rightfully so. 18th year, I think, in the league for him. He's, he's you know, uh, he knows what he's good at, um, and he's he's done it over and over. But, yeah, we don't get – we don't we get dressed next to each other. We don't get undressed because, like you said, we're t- our timing's a little different. But um, And I'm probably glad for that because uh, I'm never involved in, like, in the way of his media scrums, so that's a good thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, o- O's, O's – uh, you know, he's he's <coughs> – He's he's a good dude, and um, you know I, I like chatting with him when we sit next to him, and and yeah, I mean you know I'll definitely tell my kids you know that I sat next to the one of the greatest players uh, of all time, greatest in my opinion, greatest goal scorer of of all time ever. Um, yeah, I mean that'll be stuff that I'll tell Louie and Ruby, and you know if we have more kids, I mean uh, you know, and then I'll say yeah, watch this guy, look at his highlights. I used to sit next to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for sure. And then your your second year here, Garney comes and and you guys hit it off pretty pretty well on and off the ice. Have have your own little podcast there for a while. Did, did, competing. Uh, yeah, you guys never had me on. Yeah. So well, we got yeah, we had to get rid of it. Our, we were competing with you. So what 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 was that like? And 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 obviously, I mean, the other part of that question is when when Lavi comes in, he gives you guys. Yeah. And Carl Haglin. The responsibility, I, 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 you know, covered hockey for a long time, not seeing yeah. a line here. Now, you know, there's that line with the Islanders that's that's got had some some staying power too. But I've not seen a line stay together as long as the three of you guys did, yeah. and and I feel like that line could still, yeah, we could still, be together yeah. had had Carl it, not had yeah, that injury. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, that was really unfortunate. Um, but yeah, that was uh, again timing in life, man. I mean that you know they sign both of those guys. Haggy comes over, I believe, in a trade. Yeah, um, and then uh, and then again, like I mean, I hadn't played with Hags at all. I played a lot with Hath, uh, but again, he was a little bit up and down at times in the lineup. But uh, it was good. I mean, both both of those, pe- you know, both Hath and Hags are great people, um, really good guys yeah. to get along with, and. Uh, and so that I think that's the first first thing was it just very easy easy going people um, very good people and uh, and then when Lavi came in I mean you know we I don't know we've been put together and we were playing together and we played you know one or two games it was okay you know and and then we had a meeting with Lavi and uh, that you know he kind of spelled it out to us and we were kind of like wow this is great like never had this you know Hags had had that opportunity sure. before on different lines and different teams but me and Hath are like this is like could be career changing right and um and then i remember we played buffalo that first yeah, first, first time we ever did it and um it went really well and we kind of went from there um and uh i mean it was 
I think I got to a point where I no longer looked at the lines before practice. And, uh, and that was something that I had never done in my career because I had to make sure I was in the lineup uh, to begin with. And, uh, and I get on the ice and then here are my two guys. And then if it ever got switched, I would kind of be looking around and like, what the hell, you know, and maybe someone was injured and half moved up or hags moved up, um, something like that. And if that were the case, that would be weird. Uh, and so we, um, playing with those guys was uh, a great, great part of my career. And they, they both did a ton for me. And I hope, you know, like they could say the same too, that I, that I helped them and, and, uh, benefited them in their careers. So. Last thing before we let you go, the one thing that stands out to me about your time here in Washington is your shooting percentage. <laughs> like, it's sick. It's uh, ridiculous. Like, just don't shoot enough. Well, I mean, maybe maybe that's the secret. <laughs> you just pick your spots. But I guess so. I mean, you're up you're up in the in double digits, and then and then like twenty percent and stuff. I mean, do you, have you worked on that? Is that, is that something that you consciously worked on, or is it? Uh. You can't tell me that's a freak. That, that, that I mean, can't be a freak. I think I think it's a uh, I think it's a, a product of not shooting the puck enough, but then um realizing like a how hard it is to get a shot, but then also like when I'm in those areas, um, you know, I work on that stuff all the time, you know, in the summer, post practice and you know, be, I, I would you know, you if you get in those opportunities as a, as a, you know, fourth line center, whatever, I mean, I'd like to think I play a little bit more than just a fourth line center, but, yeah, um, I think so too. but you, you know, I mean, you have to make the most of it, man. Cause like they don't come along. Like, I mean, right now I think I'm one goal and five games and I have like seven shots. I mean, it, it, that's hard. It's hard to get a shot. So it's 14% uh, though. It, that's pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, that's my point though, is that, you know, if, <laughs> if I'm not playing on the power play, right. Yeah. And I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not playing a lot of D zone starts, a lot of D zone starts. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's challenging to get, you know, everything yeah. has to go right. Yeah. In my eyes, if yeah. you're going to start in the D zone to get into the O zone, to get a scoring opportunity, a lot of stuff has to go right. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that is, you know, as much as you don't want me to say that, I think that is a freak thing. But I'd like to think that when I'm put in those situations to score, uh, I do work on that. I mean, you know, because I do have to make the most of it. It's a career thing, right? Like, it's a changes your career. So First guy in team history to score on a penalty shot in the playoffs. So. <laughs> yeah, I hated that. That's my absolute nightmare. Um you know, so I no pressure though. Oh God, yeah, that's why we do the shootouts and it gets going for a while. I'm like, just don't put me out there. So, but uh, yeah, there's too much too much pressure. I'd rather have someone chasing me. I think. Well, this was fun. Thanks for uh, spending some time with us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, much appreciation to Nick Dowd and to Zacharette, and we'll see you next time on Break the Ice. Superfood Performance Nutrition fuels the Washington Capitals players and staff on and off the ice. Each bite is energy-packed, highly nutritious, and engineered to boost recovery time. When they're not feeding pro athletes, Superfood is bringing the same high-quality nutrition to offices nationwide through their flagship corporate meal program, Simply Lunch. So if you have a high-performance team that needs fueling, Check out mysuperfd.com for more information.